welcome to the greatest sports entertainment spectacular of all time. Welcome to WrestleMania. For the team's bet, now we've got Meyer dropping the gloves with the corner. Oh, see what a pass! Score! Mike Green to the roof. And then it's right Taylor. Right side, Taylor still has it. He shoots the score! And you shot, blocked in front. Guess who? Chris Russell with the block. Fire it up, eh? Welcome to the 13th episode, Cheers, of WrestleMania. This is a super special edition. We're going to be running through the matchups as always, uh, but then going into some power rankings, trying to get an idea of what playoff matchups will look like and performances will look like. But even a bigger deal than that, this episode is going to be filmed and recorded live here on my front porch in Golden, B.C. Peter, you made it all the way out. How was the uh, first-class flight ticket? Well, it was really nice for our sponsors to... Uh you know, equip me to come out here. It's uh, obviously a weird time in our world and a strange time to travel, but I feel very safe here outside in the remote BC mountains and woods and uh, excited to talk some fantasy puck with you. Yeah, it's super awesome to have you out here. Um, I'm really glad that your job pays you money and that you can use that to come here. Um, no, no, it's great. It's super fun and it's been a joy to do this all year virtually and uh we'll see if we have the same chemistry in person like it's almost i feel like i should be standing up with my laptop and my tablet and my phone all my screens ready um we're gonna do this one old school style we got some notes written down on a pad uh but it'll be fun yeah i guess we can't blame any um technical difficulties or anything this time around so we'll just have to be at our best um i guess before we start shout out to our unofficial sponsor for this uh, episode balderdash brewing yeah and their sneaky weasel craft lager helping uh keep this podcast you know a well-oiled machine and i mean don't let doug ford hear that it was nine dollars for eight beers like he might have to throw that into his re-election campaign get some sneaky we- weasel beer over in uh, ontario i wouldn't mind that all right enough pitter patter let's get at her um so Straight into it, I, w- I don't want to say off the top of the bat, we had some real technical difficulties last week. Uh, it was great having Jordan on. It took us a lot longer to edit because I slacked off. Um, but Emma Anderson, Emma Russell. Whatever. She hasn't changed Anderson, her name. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> um, was Came in huge and did a lot of editing. I really appreciate that. Um, and Emily, my wife, has set us up with all the gear here. Uh, she's got a little home studio and we're mooching off of it. So that's great. So it's nice to have support. Uh, for and we can just you know be the talent we were just you know talking in the green room beforehand getting our makeup done and whatnot so right into her uh let's lead it off with of course the rubber match we were pretty excited to be playing against each other and it's amazing timing that you're here to run down our matchup and i can't say i'm happy with how it turned out yeah it was a uh a road trip for the jocks traps coming out to play the calgary weathermen and I mean, obviously we're biased because we uh, are talking about our own fantasy teams and um, the only people interested in their fantasy teams are the owners of them. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and uh, But I, I will say, you know, objectively speaking, two teams, one point separated them in the standings coming to the week, both in first and second, brothers. Um, so this was yeah. a, a big matchup for the top spot in the Justice League. And uh, throughout the week, to, to be fair, 
um, at least for the skater categories, it was super close. And I felt like I was looking at my team and I'm like, wow, my team's going off. I'm having this awesome week. And then I look at your squad and you're matching my numbers evenly. So it was uh, pretty, pretty uh, close the whole way. And I think the, the main difference for me that gave me a bit of uh, security was my goalies ended up playing yeah. really well. I think I led off the week with a Varlamov shutout. Sorokin came in for the Islanders and also uh, uh, stepped up. So that gave me that cushion in net where I knew I could kind of play around with the skater categories and hopefully come out on top on a couple of them. I didn't need them all. Totally. It was a wild week in the NHL. Uh, like Wild West, you know, guns were flying, guns were blazing. <laughs> I don't know. Bullets were flying. Anyways, there's a lot of goals scored and not a lot of pucks stopped. Um, and you have strategically loaded up on the two goalies on the best defensive team in the league and that really paid dividends you're the only team with good goaltending stats this week and my all-in on star goaltending uh was a total flop i think jordan totally jinxed me saying i could get the first double digit win week and i struggled to get two grubauer led in eight goals um so that was like ugly for me and a bit frustrating but it was funny i was watching the florida carolina game and it was like Barkov scores, and then Trocek scores, and then Barkov scores, and then Trocek scores. And I think we had a lot of back and forth. Uh, we also have some good overlap in our teams. Me having Nietzsche, you having Trocek. Um, Grizzlick and Bergeron yeah. combined so a- <laughs> for some power play points. And then Rustin McCann, too, yeah. on Pittsburgh. So there's lots of times where a power play goal was scored, and I think we were both quietly celebrating at home, checking fantasy out, and being like, shit. Um, Do they really have to give that second assist <laughs> yeah. to him? Like- Come on. <laughs> yeah. That must have got deflected. So, yeah, I think uh, it's... To me, I have to say, it didn't feel like a 7-1 matchup. Yeah. Um, I th- We had basically the both had the best offensive weeks in the league, led, leading the league in goals, assists, and power play points um, with our totals. But, uh, yeah, it was Jamie Alexiak you picked up on Saturday night who came in, or Friday night? Friday night, yeah. yeah. I got him for the back-to-back on the weekend, and I mainly picked him up for hits and blocks, and he came through on Saturday with six each. Which was Crazy. awesome. He's like uh, got similar stats to Radko Gudis over the last thirty, so I might hold on to him. <laughs> but the the kicker was, I think, the last game of the of the week on Sunday night was Dallas and Nashville, and Chris <laughs> had a lead in shots and goals, and I only had Alexiak, so I didn't have much. But he ended up scoring what ended up being a beautiful goal. When I saw in the box score, he he ended up scoring, which was the the one that ended up tying me in goals with you and giving me that one extra shot. Um, for that category, but I saw that he scored. I'm like, oh, it must have been, you know, a wrister that nobody saw that squeaked <laughs> by, but uh, I recommend anyone to check out a, a Bobby Orr-esque goal. I will say, disclaimer, it's the slowest end-to-end goal I have ever seen in my life, Yeah, but it was beautiful, and he went through the whole team, so I didn't see that coming. I don't think you did either, and I went to bed thinking it would be, I think it, maybe it was 6-5-2. Yeah. Um, and Jamie Alexiak swung goals, shots, and hits. Uh, and I'm kind of kicking myself for loving my players too much and not making a, a stream ad for for Sunday. That would have gone a long way. Uh, to be honest, Chris, now that the matchup's over and we can talk candidly about it, I think that was the difference in our matchup. Was I used all four of my player ads for the week, and you used zero. Yeah. And I picked up Gostas Bear, Eberle, Alexiak, and even Erickson Eck, who didn't do much, but combined if you think about we ended up being separated by one shot tied in goals separated by two assists like all those things having a bunch of extra games throughout the week can uh i don't know ended up making the difference if i had held my roster the way it was i think you would have uh had a different score at the end of the week 
Well, it's interesting when we talk about like different managing strategies and Charlie pointed out in our league chat today that you have no players in the top 25. And uh, that's kind of interesting because what I've noticed after some of my deadline moves is that I've actually relied on about six players who have been really killing it, top 20 players. Um, and then I've had a lot of streaming ability. So players who are barely above replacement, but with good starts, I can, uh, or good schedules, I can get a lot of starts in. But now that I've deepened my roster, I actually really feel like I only have one or two guys that I can drop. And then based on their schedules, like McCann was my ad for this week and he did great. And Ekman Larson didn't do very well, but had a good week last week. So, uh, I wonder if that's kind of a strength of yours where you don't love any of your players too much that you can cycle through and that's why you beat me. Yeah, and I think those decisions might end up getting easier for teams as we head into the last week of the regular season. Teams might be competing for a final playoff spot or really want to get a certain seed. Um, and then obviously as we get into playoffs, like you know you can uh, decide who you want to keep and maybe who's on the bubble but everyone else should be fair game and I know in yeah. the past I've had to drop like Thomas Chabot in his rookie season when he looked super promising I think I dropped Lungfist when he was hurt for a long time and yeah. some of those moves work some of them didn't but the point is I think you need to hold your roster loosely and uh, if you're knocked out it doesn't really matter what your roster looks like totally and it's it's all about that single matchup can't be thinking about your team in three weeks if you don't win yeah i think that's enough about about us uh yeah i know chris and peter will be really interested in listening in that segment but for everyone else yeah let's let's move on um so we can take it over to uh mr commissioner's team uh ollie all oxen free played peter taylor and ha ha ho um and he won six three yeah i think the uh the big thing that i saw charlie has always i think built a team around um, guys who can throw a lot of pucks on that, big shooters. No doubt. And, I mean, we talk about streaming and picking up and dropping. Um, one guy that I really regretted dropping was Kevin Fiala, and I feel like Charlie yeah. picked him up as he was riding a, uh, a long point streak, just had a hat trick, and he ended up getting hurt. But he's one of those guys that throws a lot of pucks on that, and I can tell why Charlie wanted him. And so Charlie's team had... 145 shots this That's week so crazy which was i think 30 more than the next highest or something <laughs> and he had 15 plus from brady kachuk Sidney crosby and alex ovechkin those those three guys are all in the top 10 and they're you know as advertised yeah that's why we're always drooling over his roster and maybe that's why he's so amazed to see uh kind of the ranking of your players too seeing that like he relies heavily on those guys and for good reason they produce heavily yeah so, yeah, his his uh, skaters were awesome, and that ended up helping him win the majority of categories. The, the one thing that I found funny and interesting, speaking of ad drops, was uh, Martin Jones, who I'd been eyeing. He had been really good over the last month, and I I think I'd streamed him for one game earlier in the year, and he had let in four goals and had a sub-900 save percentage. But I'd been eyeing him, and he had been <laughs> playing well, and then Charlie ended up beating me to it. Uh, but true to form, Martin Jones let in – Four goals, had like an 860 save percentage, and Charlie promptly dropped him. So for any other managers out there, they're looking at Martin Jones. I mean, he has been hot, but he's uh, he's on my do not trust list, and I think he might have been on Charlie's now too. <laughs> yeah, he's been burned by him. It's funny, like there's a lot of uncertainty in the crease in a couple teams uh, with guys getting hurt or people playing really terribly. Um, so it'll be interesting, like – by the time this is posted, somebody's probably added him. That's yeah. my that's yeah. my guess right now. Um, but I, I wouldn't trust any goaltender in San Jose. 
The, to be fair to them, they have kind of clawed back into the playoff race, which is crazy. I really thought that they were sunk, but now it seems the Sharks are swimming. And, hey. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's. I have to give credit. Like, Martin Jones has been great when he's not on someone's fantasy roster. <laughs> yes. But when he's in free agency, he's killing it. So. It's too much pressure, I think. He gets a notification. You've been added by Oliola Oxenfree, and he's, dang, he's, he's gunning for the top of the standings. I can't. Can't take the pressure. Yeah. Um, I think also I noticed that Peter Taylor finally had some of his big names start producing. Yeah. Um, Aho, Ben, even TJ Oshie. They all put up six points, points on the power play. So I think that's a, another glimmer of hope for a roster that I think just really underperformed. I thought it looked great at many points. Um, and so... You know, it's not all is not lost. There's a point where he was posting about how Aho was his highest ranked player for the week at like 93 or something, yeah. and seemed a bit depressed about his keeper prospects. I think a lot of those guys are all gunning for ba- bounce back years. Yeah, he's in a funny spot, and the Ha Ha Ho squad is probably thinking too little, too late. Like it's it's uh, kind of the ship has sailed on his playoff odds. But an interesting wrinkle with our league and. A funny thing about a team trending up that's not going to make the playoffs, as Peter Taylor's squad is, is prepping for the gauntlet. Yeah, And definitely. so if his top guys continue, um, he could be a real force for the gauntlet. Uh, he's not super up there, I don't think, for a bye yet, but maybe with another another big win, he could he could get there. And, and the other interesting thing is we are recording um, right after the NHL trade deadline. Yes. And so a big story was Taylor Hall going to Boston. and For a second-round pick, nonetheless, which is... I, I think baffling thinking about his career arc, Hart Trophy, $8 million deal. Um, but I think the biggest winner, aside from the Bruins, is is Peter. And he now has a super talented player on a team that can do some real damage. Yeah, and, and who knows? Maybe if he can really click with Krejci or gets bumped up to that top line, who knows what they, how they use him. But maybe he's someone that can not only help Peter Taylor go far in the gauntlet, but maybe... He, somehow he becomes a keeper i I don't know maybe that the trust is gone there i think maybe peter taylor's got a sour taste in his mouth from him but but you really don't know i I trust peter to make the most rational decision i think he's not going to get emotional like perhaps i might um so i think if we see hall click with boston and then make a off-season deal uh i would not criticize anyone for keeping taylor hall i think he's a stud i think he's a great player and he just seems to need the right the right mix of things happening to to click so we'll see what happens there moving on to the next matchup uh two teams that are out of the playoff picture but uh this this matchup did have some gauntlet implications with uh, the rubber duckies coming out on top 8-1 over amplification and this win moves daniel into a gauntlet by um, which can be valuable, you know, take a week off. Totally rest the players, you know, let rest your fingers. You don't need to be hitting that start active players button for <laughs> seven days or so. I, I think it's interesting. <laughs> Just, you know, Daniel had the fire sale, and he's actually had a couple really good weeks since then. Um, to be fair, Ian didn't really start his players, so that makes an easy couple of points. But uh, I guess it was, it was Daniel's turn to cash in on that. So he's, yeah. he's sitting in 10th place, I believe, right now. Yeah. Um, and actually pretty close to, to Ashley, I believe, right? Just a couple points back. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I haven't crunched all the numbers, but I, I could see a scenario in, you know, with hell freezing over. I don't think he's mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. So it's highly true. unlikely. A couple of nine nothing matchups in, you know, the ball, the marble 
trickles through the machine the right way, and you could see him punching a ticket. I, I think, none the, like, nonetheless, he's looking like he's in good shape uh, for the gauntlet. Yeah. I think the uh, the Golden Ducky uh, for uh, <laughs> Star of the Week would go to UC Saros, who has been lights out. And I think we've talked about him before as being great, but uh, he continued his strong play with three uh, wins and a sub-two goals against average, a 938 or something, save percentage, something really high. Um, and he's been so good, and Nashville's back in the playoff yeah. run. It's really surprising. I, I It's funny as we've kind of uh, been talking about playoffs in our league a lot, I've definitely written off a few teams in the NHL prematurely. Like the Sharks, I thought had no chance and the predators too just it looked messy and yeah. and there was some really bad goaltending performance and some just a team that was so good defensively in previous years looking just at a loss i think uh unfortunately tolvanen i think just went out with an injury and he's been really killing it for nashville so we'll, we'll see if someone else else can step up there maybe arvidson's you know 900 shots will finally convert yeah. into a couple goals but um yeah, I think also Jake Gensel. You know, he sh- he's showing why he wasn't moved at the deadline. Yeah, super solid keeper. Uh, I just like have this. I don't know. I never trust any player on Pittsburgh who's not Crosby or Malkin because there's we've seen such a carousel. But he's a really good NHL player and he's showing like he he can hang. Yeah, yeah. He uh, Pittsburgh was clicking this week as we benefited from yeah. Rust and uh, McCann. Crosby had a great week and. In relation, Gensel was good. Had a hat trick, I think, on Sunday to really yeah. drive home that that point. But uh, yeah, I think um, the next matchup we want to talk about, we had highlighted as the matchup of the week. Yeah, definitely, Mott Girl Summer and Happy Toes Gang, six uh, two for Kyle Squad. This was a barn burner. It was so close at the end. Uh, we kind of crunched some numbers, and the only only one category wasn't within like one player start like what any guy you add on the waiver wire could have done in a night in terms of goals shots hits blocks and goaltending and like goaltending one too. win or even a mediocre start like the the goaltending numbers weren't pretty on either side but they were close so yes. it means like any kind of average start could have swung the balances in so that. i i didn't crunch the numbers on how many player moves they used this week but perhaps it could be another example where if tim had maxed his ads this week like you had, I don't know what Kyle did either, but uh, you know, looking into playoffs, that that's a, a definite edge you can get if you get those extra starts. You know, optimize your schedule of your players that you could swing four or five categories in the right matchup. Yeah, it was uh, it was nice to see this one. I, I gotta admit, this week I was very dialed in on the brotherly rivalry, and I, I wasn't keeping an eye on the rest of the league. But after uh, Looking at this matchup page, when I, I first saw 6-2, I, I didn't think it was close, but it's really remarkable to see a matchup that close. Um, and hopefully, you know, these are two playoff teams, so if our playoffs are anything like this matchup, it'll be a, a really exciting couple weeks coming up here. Yeah, most definitely. Um, I think it's notable for me seeing Kyle made some big deadline moves and Tim made some big deadline moves, and we, we started to see those shake down. Really unfortunate for Tim that most of the guys he acquired at the deadline are hurt now. Yes, um, no help coming from them. No, but Latang had six points. And on the flip side, uh, Mockerel Summer with 14 power play points. That is not a, the kind of production we've seen from them at all this year. Yeah. Uh, Ehlers and Couturier 
really put up some big numbers. And those were his big, uh, yeah, deadline acquisitions or, or near deadline. And you talk about power play points. I think that was the one category that wasn't close with uh, Kyle putting up 14 and Tim was uh, in the low single digits. But uh, his, his power play points have been trending down, which is really interesting. Again, I think we talked about it before, but his all of his players or the majority of them play on the top power play. They're good offensive players, but he just hasn't been getting them. I think he had one power play point last week and maybe four this week. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Like It can be frustrating. I think power play can be, you think always the best players are on it, but I, I also think like coaches really pay a lot of attention to chemistry on that, and you can see hot hands getting put on there. And when you think about Tim you know, losing Eichel and Yossi in those trades and then getting guys like uh, Wheeler and Hurt and out, like, that's all of a sudden like four or five guys who are normally PP one on a high scoring teams who are not on your roster anymore. or not playing for you. Um, and that can, you know, that could be eight power play points in your week. And that takes you from 12, a good solid competitive number down to four where you have no chance. Yeah. And Tim, Tim's in a tough spot too. Cause he already had Forsberg on the IR. Yes. That's so true. he can't fit all those guys or he can't replace the production of all four of those guys being, being injured. So um, kudos to both of them though for keeping it uh, keeping it close, keeping it exciting, and uh, Kyle's going to be happy to come out on top, considering how close it was. Yeah. All right, moving forward, um, we saw the Golden Dwights face off against Twelve Parsecs in another close matchup. Yeah, this was a, a highly contested one, which was nice to see for um, one potential playoff team and one team that's that's out of it. Uh, Matt stays competitive, and I've. I've liked his team all year. It hasn't worked out, but um, I think it's nice to see too. Like Jordan is fighting for every point he can get. He's in this uh, playoff push, and yes. uh, he was really kind of given a run for his money by the Golden Dwights. Um, and uh, it was it was a good good matchup. Yeah, I'm just gonna adjust the notebook here so I can read the notes. Um, so <laughs> again, we we just saw a, a funny week in the NHL and a funny week in our league. There were a lot of really close categories, and Matt won save percentage by 0.01%. I don't even think that's a single save. That might be a decimal of a save. Yeah, that's that's something that you can adjust over the course of, like, several games to get that exact percentage. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, so that was dialed in. And on the flip side, Jordan won by one hit, um, which I think kind of segues into another, another storyline there with, as you're saying, Jordan's fighting for his playoff life. Uh, to recycle a TSN phrase I've heard about 400 times. But he made some acquisitions, I noticed at the deadline, and in talking to him, very focused on hits. And you see that he had 66 hits this week, uh, which was top five in our league. And uh, that's a good number. And we have to get take some credit. Uyghur with 15 hits. Uh, so I want like an asterisk if he wins the trophy this year and Uyghur has anything to do with it. WrestleMania had an influence on that yeah and i think he like Uyghur has has been known to be a physical player but to accumulate 15 hits this week is uh, i think especially notable like yeah. that's not the numbers he normally puts up but maybe playing against golden dwight <laughs> yes. who traded him away inspired he, Uyghur. On that yeah, shoulder. he wanted to throw the body around show matt that uh you know maybe matt should have pushed for a third round pick to, <laughs> to get him um but uh yeah that was uh that was good and yeah, Uyghur was the difference there in the hits category. Um, the other difference maker for Matt to win by .001 in save percentage was Jack Campbell. Yeah, he keeps getting it done in Toronto. Like, he didn't have the prettiest numbers. I mean, I think probably based on the 
week average in the NHL. He had good numbers, but um, the Leafs had three wins. He's and he's like uh, DJ Khaled. All he does is win. <laughs> um, he had three wins this week, and he's on this uh, you know NHL record. I think he's won twelve in a row now Crazy. For, the, for the Leafs, and it's a good story. He seems like a, a really great guy and was highly touted early in his career yeah didn't really get the chance with dallas and was kind of kicked around the farm team and uh to see him emerge for the leafs um i don't know maybe it's a guy that i want to root for even though he's on the leafs that maybe i I wouldn't mind seeing him do well you gotta know he's a great guy if you want to root for him and he's a leaf but 12 wins in a row jack campbell story for you he actually was seen shopping at the uh, local grocer just down the road from my place in Etobicoke no uh, a couple <laughs> couple months ago so I think it's near the Leafs practice facility so I mean if uh, if I got a route for someone at least it's someone that uh, is in in the neighborhood occasionally yeah I mean even NHL superstars need milk and eggs yeah <laughs> okay um, that's that's a really heartwarming story <laughs> of your local NHL hero yeah that wasn't in our notes but <laughs> Pete's going he's just flying off the handle improvising here it's that sneaky weasel so um <laughs> we're, we had a, saw a few big matchups between playoff teams and here we saw the fourth and fifth ranked team go teeing off against each other there's a high potential that they could play each other in the first round heart attack and chic yeah so heart attack came up on top six to three um, so that's two straight weeks he's knocked off playoff teams because he beat me last week. Yeah. And now with this uh, this win, it's going to put him up. I think he's one point back of you or tied with you right now in the standings for, for third. Um, so he didn't end up winning six categories. Um, the uh, the categories that Sheik ended up winning were all in the peripheral categories. I think Sheik even had blocks up in the high 50s. Yeah, I think um, being a Radko Gudis owner, <laughs> yeah. I'm used to having one guy really carry the, the load for some of those categories. So it's it's weird to see a super well-rounded team. I think I've commented before, though, on how Sheik's defensemen are just like studs in like, shots, hits, yes. blocks, plus a bit of offense. And like that blue line just really raises his overall floor for all those categories. Definitely. It's... It's kind of frustrating because I think, like, when I play you or I play Kyle, like, I know, okay, like, they have Gudas or they have Hakenpah or whatever, and I can kind of plan accordingly. But this week I'm playing David, and I definitely wouldn't have prepared to stock up on hits if I wasn't, you know, really getting into the numbers this week as we do our our forecast for the playoffs. So that's uh, kind of a deceptive way to build your roster, not specialists, but just everybody on his team is well-rounded. I think that's key, like, on a micro level. Like, say you're on a Saturday and you're close in hits, for example. If you look at your opponent's roster on Sunday, if if you're playing me, for example, if Gudas is playing, then you know, okay, like, I got to compete in hits. Yeah. If he's not playing, I'm pretty exposed. So if you're well-rounded, you can kind of, uh, however many starts you have, you could compete equally in all those categories. Yeah, and, like, on the flip side, if I saw Kreider starting on Sunday, I'm not thinking hits. But I think he had 15 that week. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Just shows to go, you bud. Um, however, all that being said, I think the story of this matchup for me was goaltending. Uh, we saw a guy who kind of let the the beat drag last week, Jordan Binnington, step up to Stanley Cup contention form. Um, and we saw Sheik's goalies really take a nasty turn. Yeah, I feel kind of dumb. Well, maybe not dumb, but we were pegging his goalies as the best in the league at the start, or I was at least with the Boston duo and Markstrom. Yeah. And uh, how times have changed. It's crazy, man. 
So right now, uh, both Boston goalies are on the IR. And, and that's a funny thing too, right? You you pick up Rask and then you think, oh, I'll back him up with Halak. So if anything happens with You're Rask, totally I'm safe. covered. Yeah. But instead, both of them are hurt and it's Darth Vladar Who's and letting Swayman in. <laughs> like, letting in eight goals against Washington. Yeah. So Boston, even in general, is a mess without those goalies. And then, uh, unfortunately, Sheik had to cut ties with Markstrom. And I, I don't blame him. He's been really bad. Calgary's completely fallen out of the hunt. And yeah. uh, that's a that's a big gaping hole on his squad. And so, Reese's goalie is playing well, and Biddington uh, <laughs> bouncing back was yeah d- definitely the difference. I think uh, as we we tied into the real life NHL, uh, those are two teams that I really thought would do well this year. I think I just have been a believer in Calgary's core for several years, and they just keep <laughs> letting me down. And or yeah. or like I think it's gonna build, and it just drops. So you know, with with Lindholm being your highest scorer. I know he's on your roster. He's had a good year. But you expect more from Calgary, and I expected more from, from Markstrom there. And likewise, Boston. I just have grown to expect them to always be a top team, and they're, like, hanging on to a playoff spot. If the Flyers could buy a win, they wouldn't be. Yeah, we're, we're having a tough time with the Sabres, so I think <laughs> it's a little premature to talk about playoffs. Either way, I, I think that seems super safe, and that's a really crappy time of year to have injury problems with your goalies. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, both teams had great offensive weeks. Marshawn had seven points for Sheik. Which is back-to-back seven-point weeks. Yeah, and uh, McDavid, Fox, a um, bunch of the usual suspects for Reese were uh, were great. So um, those uh, those categories weren't weren't really a surprise it's no. it's uh very natural to see both those teams put up big numbers all right into the last matchup of yeah. week 12 well the lee side legends aka hyman's heroes aka carlson's kneelanders ninjas hellebuck's AKA, uh henchmen aka hashtag tank for 2020 hashtag rebuild put up an eight nothing win over the greasy grinders yeah this was uh an anti-rebuild kind of week i mean you don't see a rebuilding team put up that kind of numbers and definitely unfortunate for ashley who had been right in the thick of the playoff hunt this uh this result really kind of snuffs out her playoff chances she's she's not out of it she's uh 10 points back but i mean i think putting up any kind of uh points here would have really helped there so it definitely hurts her and uh, Scott making a bit of a push for the gauntlet, like that's kind of what I'm thinking. He's he's taking the the proactive approach to the rebuild, which is sell your assets that you can get anything for, and then compete. So I like that he's gunning for that first overall pick. He's had some good weeks. He was, I think he had 23 assists or something. Like those are top tier numbers. Um, and you know, all credit due to to Hellebuck. Yeah, he had uh, three wins, a 167 goals against, and he had a 938 save percentage. And uh, I think the the key to this matchup was on Saturday. The uh, goalie categories were pretty close, and Montreal and Winnipeg were playing each other. Jake Allen got the start for Montreal, and Winnipeg won 5-0. So that's a shutout for (laughs) Hellebach and a rough outing for Allen. That's a big swing. That really, yeah, kind of buried Ashley this week. Um, However... On that somber note, we have to say the lone bright spot for the Greasy Grinders is Rupee Hints. Rope Hints. Roop Hints. However you want to say it, he had eight points this week. Yeah, you got you to gotta take the hints when they <laughs> come. Um, yeah, he's been a oh, frustrating man. player, to be fair. Like, he, he's been uh, battling some kind of injury and has really kind of been playing, like, 
every other game has been constantly getting scratched the day of, which is super frustrating. But I think he finally strung together a healthy week, and he had eight points. So Yeah, a lot of credit to Ashley for giving him a lot of rope and you know <laughs> keeping him on the roster all year. Uh, seriously, he... Like Dallas is kind of funny this year, but you, I was hearing from a source of mine who may be my brother that the Dallas coach said Hints might be their best player. Yeah, it was in his uh, player notes because I was checking out his uh, his stats. I think he was ended up being one of the top three stars of the week for the NHL. But there was a quote from the Dallas coach saying that he was their best forward, and that's uh, that's high praise on a team with. Pavelski and Jamie Ben yeah. and even Robertson stepped up, Rajulov, a bunch of guys, Sagan coming back. So um, obviously they think highly of him, and Ashley should too. Yep. So he's a, he's an interesting player for next year, I think. Yeah. So those are all the matchups from Week 12. Um, obviously some matchups had some big uh, playoff implications, and as we come into the final week of the regular season, I think it's important for all managers to be um, prepping for – the big week one whether it's gauntlet or the justice league playoffs and um the other uh thing that's coming up is filling out your brackets so chris Definitely. and i wanted to um get a get the ball rolling get a the ball bit. rolling yeah. get the conversation happening uh, totally. you're gonna get some insight onto um what chris and i think of each each team and maybe how we will be filling out our own individual brackets yeah we're gonna we're gonna take five get another cold one from the fridge and uh, we'll bring we'll be back with a special uh, live video segment here, um, going through our our power rankings for the top the... eight teams in the Justice League. Yeah. Hello and welcome back. Uh, here we are with our first ever live filmed WrestleMania podcast here in my humble front porch uh, in golden bc i'm joined by my cute brother peter wow it's so nice uh, yeah we are in an idyllic setting <laughs> with uh mountains and forests and it's a perfect place to talk about our fantasy hockey league and with playoffs coming up we wanted to get a head start on how we might be looking at filling out our brackets with a yeah. top eight list of our power rankings for the uh, justice league teams yeah, I have I have many memories of scribbling down my bracket at lunch break on the last day on a napkin and taking a photo. Uh, this year, I think I'm coming in a little more prepared. Obviously, we've paid a little bit more attention uh, to the fantasy hockey season this year. And uh, yeah, I think this is a fun way. We don't know exactly how the playoff matchups are going to shake down. Um, but I feel prepared to give a rundown of where I think I would rank each playoff team. Yeah, and I think even if uh, someone's my number three team and they're playing against my number four team, let's say, um, how they let's say let's say how, how they um, match up in their categories can be a factor. If I think someone has really strong goaltending and someone has really weak goaltending, it's a little easier to give them that edge. Yeah, that might uh, result in me picking them for that that uh, section of my bracket. But without any uh, hard set matchups, um, yeah. This is a, a great exercise, maybe to prep you as you're filling out your bracket. Absolutely. So uh, I think we'll lead it off. I'll, I'll ring down my number, and you'll say where you they sit in your. Yeah, sounds good. We came up with these lists separately and have not consulted each other on them, so we may agree, we may disagree. Remains to be seen. All right, uh, I'll lead it off. I actually had a lot of deliberation about this one, but my number one remains Jock's Traps. 
Where did you list jocks traps? Well, I had an internal debate on whether I should be biased or not, but I chose to, you know, trust the numbers. There's one team that's first in the league. There's one team that's won 90% of its matchups, and it's my squad. So I also uh, came in at number one for my own uh, my own rankings. Surely I'm going to curse myself, but I don't know. Got to trust trust my squad. Yeah, I think what what gives me that is. I think adding Sorokin to your roster actually made a huge difference uh, for you. Uh, obviously, you just beat me, so that kind of colors my my take. But it gives you that that underline of wins that you're gonna get them from from the Islanders goalies, and you're not like you're just like dialed in. You're always gonna get the save percentage and goals against average that you would expect from an Islanders goaltender. And on the other side, you don't have a weak category. I think it's like wild. Just looking at your roster, you lead the league in blocks. So I think you have all these high-end offensive players. You have some big bruisers, but you also kind of you round out that peripheral category, and that made it hard to play against you. Hard to, I can't just like add a player and be like, ah, there goes his strong suit because you're strong in everything. Yeah, I think I, I am maybe hitched to the Islanders' wagon. I really, you know, they've been great, and we'll see if they continue. But I think having that stability. I, I'm glad you noticed that because I felt that with Sorokin. He hasn't always played great, but even just knowing that I don't have to scrape together starts or waste moves on goalies uh, to pick up and drop if Barlamov's not getting enough starts, I think it's given me some peace of mind. So Fair I'm surely enough. cursing myself, but I uh, I feel like I'm the favorite, and that's okay. Yeah, you got a target on your back. All right, my number two is Oli Oli Oxenfree. Seems like we agree again. He was number two on my list as well. Fair enough. Um, I just think having four players in the top ten in rank yeah. um, is a good indicator that your team is probably pretty Definitely. good. And, uh, yeah, Charlie's just always been a strong uh, team, a tough matchup in the playoffs, and his guys are really clicking, it seems. I think that's something that we'll get into as we go through our rankings, but I think I heavily weight recent performance. It's really easy to look at the grand scope of, yeah. like, uh, this team is in eighth based on all of their wins and losses, but a lot of these teams look very different from how they did at the start of the year. And even just how players perform, like Mika Zibanejad, someone that we were like, this guy's terrible. Yeah, totally. He can't score. And now he's <laughs> he turned it hot. around. And so I'm not going to base my decisions off of January Zibanejad. I want to talk about what he's doing now. Yeah. Um, so he's not on Charlie's team, but that's an example. So Charlie's been hot. His team's been clicking. And he's won a bunch of matchups in a row. And I think like you you can't overlook Mrazic back. Yeah. I, I know Mr. Ned has played amazing. However, like Mrazic had a shutout in his first game back. He is phenomenal and that just really adds a depth to Charlie's team where I, I think looking at him that's why I de- deliberated. I feel like I almost say a 1A and a 1B with you and him. Yep. Um cuz he can put up a fucking almost 150 shots in a week. Um, but he's getting league-leading hits every other week, um, and now he's got that stud goaltender who can steal a matchup for him. Yeah, and even as a secondary piece, like uh, Tristan Jari has been pretty yeah. good, not great, but Pittsburgh has also been very hot recently. So yeah. I think uh, he's going to benefit from having goalies on great teams, Carolina and Pittsburgh. Yeah, I am pretty glad that there's basically no way I can play him in the first round. Fingers crossed. Maybe I just cursed yeah. myself, but I, think I don't think I can. I don't think I can drop that far. Yeah. Okay, um, at three, yours truly, Calgary, Calgary Weatherman. Oh, this is really boring because I agree with you as well. <laughs> Boy, what, the, the debate is just thrilling. Yeah, here. this is crazy. <laughs> um, no, I, I love your team. Um, I guess 
if things had broken a little bit differently for you this past week, you would have been in first place. So you're definitely within striking distance of the top. Um, but uh, your team, I think, has the best goalies, um, considering the moves you made with Grubauer and Fleury. And having, like, Talbot and Dreger as your three and four goalies, like, that could be someone, some other teams, like, one and two. So yeah. you have, like this awesome um, floor in net and our matchup was super close despite the fact that you had four goalies so your skaters while you had less of them they were really performing well I feel like your top guys are really clicking like your team was kind of floundering when McKinnon wasn't up to form Panarin was sitting out but now they're both back and both killing it so yeah those guys are coming in and your goalies are great so yeah I love your love your team yeah I think uh, on a good week I think I can beat any team but uh, I do feel like, with that being said, I rely on premier players having top performances. So if Barkov gets hurt or Panarin gets in hiding from the Russian government for a week or a month or whatever, it, it can really sink me in some of those offensive stats. So that's kind of where I put myself. I think if I had not four goalies, I think I could be higher, but I have four goalies. So. Okay. Who do you got at number four? At number four, I have Heart Attack. Ooh, okay. So... I'm with you, but a little bit of disagreement. Reese's squad is my fifth-ranked team. Okay. So um, I like his team. Um, he's coming off two wins against myself and Sheik in the past two weeks. So his team's clicking. He's able to knock off top teams, which I I gave points for. But his goalies have been inconsistent. Like, they've been up and down. Like, Mike Smith has is proving me wrong. Let, let's, <laughs> let's say <laughs> it. But I, I still don't trust him. Bennington's been up and down. Cal Peterson doesn't play for a good enough team for me to think he can win games. And my uh, my hesitancy with his team is without McDavid um, performing or playing, Yeah, uh, I think his team's exposed against some of the higher uh, offensive fantasy teams in our league. I think I put him at four because I think his goalies can perform at league average or actually just a little bit above. So I think I could count on him to win a goalie category every week. And I think I can count on him to win two or three offensive categories every week. Um, and with that, I think with the randomness, that's three categories I think are locked in. Yeah. Um, and so f- for that reason, I still think he, he can hang. I don't think he's quite at the top where he has across the board high production, but I think even just like Adam Fox alone, like yeah. I feel like that makes up for McDavid playing two games in the first week. Um, so that that's kind of why I put him there. I think it's pretty tight for me four five six but uh i I think he can hang yeah so you didn't mention it casually there but i want to bring it up for anyone that hasn't peeped ahead into their playoff (laughs) schedule edmonton only plays two games in week one round one so that's probably like four or five points for mcdavid in two games but (laughs) when you're used to getting eight or nine or ten then it can uh it can change the equation definitely i i could see him having a hard time offensively but i think he's got the pieces all right, my fifth-ranked team is Mock Girl Summer. Okay, they come in at six for me. Fair enough. So uh, I I think Kyle has a good team. But between injuries with uh, Patterson not playing and his goalies are kind of faltering, I think that's been a, a low-key storyline. Is Vasilevsky's been solid, but there's been a bit of a rotating door ever since he traded Freddie Anderson where yeah. he had Kakinen who got – left to dry for nine goals against and dropped him um picked up ettinger picked up lankinen who hasn't been great so i think 
Um, Kyle has mentioned that he built his team around his goalies and some hitting. So the goalies aren't quite there. And then the hitting, I think you brought it up before, but um, Tom Wilson's not hitting anymore. Yanni Honkapod just got traded to Carolina. Where and his minutes are going to be way lower. Minutes there. are going to be lower. Carolina always has the puck, so when are you supposed yeah, to hit? That's true. And uh, Tyler Mott is still dealing with the COVID yeah. situation. So, if like I like Kyle's team, I like the way he's built it. But just as he's coming into the playoffs, where he should be strong, he's not strong. So maybe he can win some categories that he's weaker in. But betting on him to do that, I'm not there yet. I hear what you're saying, but I do feel like the the volume of offensive production that he brought in paired with what he already has actually kind of reached like rejigged his roster i think you can never bet against vasilevsky like again i would say kyle's gonna win a goaltending category every week and and you see him put 14 power play points up this past week that i think even like a guy like couturier like maybe you lose hack and paws nine hit performance but you have a guy who's gonna get you three points and maybe three or four hits in a game so i think he really rounded out the depth of his roster. Um, even e- like Dealers has been great too. It, totally, and even Tom Wilson. Like I know I've been re- like harping on him not hitting anymore. He's still playing like power play one in Washington. Yeah, yeah. So I really think that Kyle can hang, and I think he, he's a again a team that now with that offensive production and having the best goaltender in the league, he's good in every single category, and that's why I put him there because maybe you look at Reese who doesn't have the peripherals, or maybe you look at another team that doesn't have the high-end scoring like Kyle I think can get five categories against any team and no one has to go crazy and that's kind of why I put him there middle of the pack with the as a power play or as a playoff team I think he can but yeah he has dark horse potential for sure totally and I think if if everything clicks and Vancouver is healthy all of a sudden first or second week of the playoffs look out absolutely okay who did you have at number six at number six I have 12 parsecs Okay, so here's where it gets spicy. 12 Parsecs is my number four ranked team. Okay, um, and hit me with it. That is maybe also just me refusing to be wrong about pegging him as the team to beat from the start. So I've just like yeah. fully committed to Jordan's squad. But um, I think he did a really good job of addressing his weaknesses, like getting some hitting guys, blocking guys. His goalies were very bad early on and in the yeah. middle of the season, whether it's with injuries, whatever. But now Leonard is healthy. And he's getting uh, good goaltending. So that coupled with this dominance in offensive categories, which has been steady. Like his his hitting wasn't there and he addressed it. So now it's going up. His goaltending has been up and down. Now it's going up. And the offense has, has stayed. I think, you know, he's uh, he's able to win quite a few categories. So, um, yeah, I, I think he's he's uh, much stronger than his seating might end up being. I think you make a strong case for sure. Like he... As you talked about that, like he's definitely always been offensively dominant, and he has a team that can put 130 shots on the board. Um, I think I'm not convinced on the goaltending front. Like you've got Lanner, and then Bobrovsky has been hot. Like I, I guess maybe I feel like I can't really have an objective point of view here because I have the other Vegas goalie and the other <coughs> Florida goalie, yeah. so I'm inclined to doubt both. Um, I just like I can see a week where where Jordan gets one start. Out of those guys. Yeah. Maybe, maybe Bobrovsky's getting the majority of the starts right now, two, two out of every three. But I think if Drieger gets hot, gets hot, and he's like, I think he has two shutouts in his last three Yeah, games. he has that potential. He, sure. He's still playing phenomenal. So I think we can see a week where Jordan's like 
combing the waiver wire for goalies. And I think we're seeing a lot of teams roster two, three, four goalies. Um, I think it's getting a little slim on that. On the other hand, he did a great job of, of adding the hits. So you can see him him making some ground there. I just, I'm not convinced uh, that we're going to continue to see the offensive dominance from him. I think we saw myself get stronger offensively. We saw you get much stronger offensively. We saw Kyle get much stronger offensively. We saw Reese get stronger offensively. And Jordan stayed stagnant. And I think he, in catching up on hits, he like kind of is now like, average for the top six teams uh, offensively so i think he really sacrificed that lead there yeah I, i'm willing to give him a, a number four power ranking and i really like his team but i can't ignore the fact that his early season struggles means he has a date with either charlie or i first round and yeah that's not great all right so coming in at number seven for me is the happy toes gang Wow. Okay, so we agree here. I also have the Happy Toes Gang at seven, which means our eight will be yeah interesting. But uh, yeah, I think the the tough thing with Tim is that he's had a lot of injuries. Um, yeah, you with, never know what team you're gonna see. Yeah. So um, if they all can come to health in the next week, like maybe I would bump them up a bit. But uh, I think Forsberg, um, Demko, uh, Wheeler, McAvoy—they're all hurt right now, and those guys are all above replacement level so it doesn't feel like tim is ready to drop them so no. that kind of hurts him um his goalies are kind of no-namers so not that they can't play well but I, i'm not ready to like bet on them i i think like for for me with tim what, what i've noticed in the last few weeks we talk about recent performance is yeah you've seen zib jump up a whole like a whole rank like he's just way up there but you've seen teams tim's team like really drop offensively like he's having having weeks with less than 20 points from his whole roster yeah and i just think like with what we're seeing from every other playoff team i can see it pretty consistently that he doesn't win any of the four offensive categories um and and i think he's really hurt by games played because he has all these guys hurt who he can't drop um which is too bad because he just traded two hurt players, yeah. but but yeah. he just has had the worst luck, and I I think for that reason he's he's got guys who are underperforming, and he doesn't have enough bodies on his roster to compete in the counting stats. I think though Tim has shown that he's willing to do anything to go after the likely cup with <laughs> yes. that big trade. So I feel like maybe even before people hear this, like those injury concerns will be addressed, and he will have a a roster that's locked in and ready to go for for playoffs like i think his core is still so solid and that's, absolutely that's why i can't count them out i i can't count them out i think it's just we've got a lot of really deep teams and we saw i think even more so than any previous year such a shift of talent where all of the t- players that weren't being kept got moved to the playoff teams and all of a sudden like he did stock up but i think he couldn't make up that ground like everyone ahead of him got better so Okay, so I guess that just leaves us with um, one last team in our top eight, and I think there's been a glaring omission, so why don't you share that? Yeah, I feel like there's a little bit of, like, WrestleMania jinx coming in here as I'm playing Sheik this week, but I'm putting Sheik at number eight. Um, Hear me out for a second. I guess I don't have to convince you, but his goalies are hurt, and I don't see him, like, I don't see him winning a goalie category again this year. I think it's totally possible. Um, And I also just... I think with 
the way his team is performing. We saw some good peripheral numbers, but he's he's good at what everybody else is good at. So yeah. he has a team that can put up a lot of assists. He has a lot of name players. Um, but what we've seen week in and week out is that he gets a consistently average performance. And no one has really gone off for him. And, and so there's just no one I can see swinging a matchup against, you know, he plays Reese or myself or or Kyle in the first round. I just I can't see him taking more than four categories. Yeah, I think. Or even more than two, to be honest. It's funny that we're agreeing on this because I was fully prepared to come into this to <laughs> wow you with this hot take, but it seems like we agree. It's the same thing here. But I think we may have arrived at this conclusion from different angles, so I want to um, do a little exercise with you. So this is both a long-term and a short-term perspective. Um in the short term, Sheik's only won one of his last four matchups. Okay. So he's coming in a little cold. Um, but in the longer term, we have eight teams that are in the playoffs, let's say. He's playing you this week. So that leaves seven other playoff teams that he's already played. How many matchup wins do you think he has against those seven teams? Three. Under. Two. Under. One. One win against Jordan in week five. That's crazy. So... Sheik has made his money off of beating up on the non-playoff teams. and <laughs> You be, scoundrel! <laughs> to be fair to him, I mean, er, a lot of those were early in the season. Like, he opened the year with a 9 nothing win over Scott that pretty much set the tone for the year. Like, Scott's like, okay, now I got to rebuild. Like, yeah. I'd start off with 9 nothing. like, I'm, I'm screwed. But, um, yeah, that's, that's how he's fared against some of the top teams. And, again, like, team makeup has changed. Like, maybe how he did against, you know, me in week two is different how he do against me now. But... Um, yeah, I think, uh, just knowing that you're coming in also just on a, on another level, I guess this isn't something we've talked about, but he doesn't have the tiebreaker against any other team, but Jordan, and he's not going to play Jordan first round. So that's, that hurts. I mean, I'm not in a good position with tiebreakers either, but still, I, I I think, uh, that's a good point. I hadn't really considered that. I hadn't dug into that strength of schedule or like, I think kudos, like you should be beating the teams that you're ahead of in the standings and, um, some of us have left a lot of points on the table there. Um, but I just think I've never been convinced uh, with his with his roster this year. Not that it's bad. It's just like I feel like when I look at some of the rosters in our league, they don't belong in a 14-team league. Yes. And, and I think that's really been skewed by the trade deadline moves. But, like, I think David has a, a great team. It's just we have some really phenomenal rosters. And he I don't think he can hang. And I, I think he's just – he hasn't specialized anywhere. And and that's where I think he's like really vulnerable. He's any team he's playing is going to be better that at basically anything he's strong in. Yeah, there, there's pros and cons. I think he can compete in pretty much every category, which is nice. But can he excel? We'll see. But yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm fully prepared to be the jinx that uh, <laughs> propel or the locker room, you know, bulletin board material that propels Sheik to his first likely cup win. Can I can like, see it now. Can we just like wait until Monday to post this so he doesn't see this for our matchup? Or no, and it's it's fine. But um, I, that being said, like he doesn't have a bad team, and yeah. I I think like I'm I'm going to be using my ads this week. I learned my lesson last week, um, playing him to close it out. But I guess like looking now at the the playoff structure. I think what we're seeing is I'm in third place, tied for third with Reese. Yep. And I'm playing Sheik, who's sitting in... I think he's one point ahead of Kyle right now. Fourth fifth. slash fifth. I don't yep. really know how that all... I guess fifth? Fifth, yeah. Um, I'm playing him this week. Uh, I think you are playing 
Matt? I'm playing Scott. He's playing Scott. So I, I think I can safely say you're probably going to be top two. Yeah, Scott's already called it that he's uh, he's ready to mail 21 to nothing in. would be far-fetched, but I've heard of Stranger Things. I just checked the score tonight. Hellebuck's already allowed two to Ottawa, so <laughs> not off to a great start. Well, that's why he doesn't have the team name honors anymore. Yes. Um, So I think what we're looking at is g- there's going to be a lot of movement, though, I think, between third and sixth. Yeah. I-, I think we've got locked in that Tim and Jordan are finishing seventh and eighth. It's pretty unlikely. It's possible that Ashley sneaks in or that somehow Kyle gets routed and Jordan wins 9 nothing and he jumps up, but I think that's unlikely. Yeah. Um, but I think it leaves a lot of question marks, like especially with certain rosters, the way they're tailored. Like We could see some teams that are lower in the power rankings easily beating teams that are higher in their power rankings just because of the way they match up. Yeah, so I mean, use this rankings as a rough guide, but there's really going to be some number crunching Sunday night once the the Definitely. matchups uh, materialize. And, yeah, I, I don't want to uh, disrespect the greasy grinders here. They're not mathematically eliminated. Only 10 points back. By no means. Um, anything can happen. But these are our top eights at uh, yeah. this moment of publishing on whatever, April something. And the Russell 13th. brothers accept no responsibility for your decisions of your roster or your bracket based upon these recommendations. Yeah, if there's any moves that are made, like we didn't know about them. So, totally. I mean, maybe you're creating something that we couldn't have <laughs> foreseen. But, uh, yeah, hopefully this helps with the, any kind of uh, bracket um, construction and uh, to all those other playoff teams, maybe we gave you a bump or maybe we disrespected you. I don't know. We'll have to see. Yeah, like we'll, we'll see what happens. We may have put a, a little bit of a target on our backs. If we, we, I mean, we've been commentate, comment, commentating this whole season, but uh, it's kind of fun to get to this point where, you know, we're getting down to the wire and uh, these matchups really mean something. Yeah, I'm excited for, for this year's likely cup winner. I think it's in some ways, it'll be a, a crazy finish. Uh, we've already had so much COVID disruption. I just saw that tonight's Minnesota-St. Louis game is postponed due to some, you know, unrest in the city yeah. of Minneapolis, which is completely fair and justified. But I just feel like there's been so much disruption that there's a lot of luck and randomness this season. But also, yes, totally. You need some flexibility. Like people have had to always been, you know, grabbing new players. We have an extra ad this year that we didn't normally have, so it'll be. I think a, uh, a championship well-earned, whoever ends up with it. Totally, and I, I think that's a good point. Like, you never know what's going to happen in America tomorrow. Yes. We can just say that, and probably also in Canada. Yes. Um, at least on the West Coast. Uh, but, but what you're pointing out is the flexibility. So it's who can roll with the punches the best. We're all going to be affected, probably disproportionately, but can you, you know, cut ties with your Vancouver players at the perfect time? Maybe you're lucky, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, Quinn Hughes is looking uh that trade's looking oh, pretty that, good. You know, I think it's going to work for all parties, but but it's that's really the thing is I I think you have modeled this in being the only repeat winner of the Likely Cup. You have like you won with fucking Cam Ward in that. You just really rolled with it. So, I'm writing off some teams that might have to stream goalies and I might be eating my words, but yeah. whoever can really you know, keep their eyes on the waiver wire and uh and not be too attached to their players and be willing to make that ad that swings your matchup yeah it's funny to talk about like how teams look on paper we're doing power rankings i think yahoo does a a draft post draft grade to each team or does like a season projections and i'd be interested in looking back on those and like if they have 
literally any relevance. Like, I, I think my team is pretty lowly ranked in the projections, and I think even we do our um, vote on best draft. Like, what what's the record of the best draft team in the Justice League? So, I, like, how, what do we know, essentially? I know that at least once it was wrong because I won it. But Yeah, like... I, I think the only bracket, too, that we've done, because we've done the bracket two years and the one year the playoffs didn't happen, the best bracket was Kyle, who wasn't a top seed and just bet on himself and ended up winning. That's so true. The only one that knew what was going on was Kyle. Who's Shoot like, your shot, yeah. bud. I love it. So, um, so I guess like we've kind of forecasted this, um, but all year we've had different managers on and we've asked their take on who's going to win the Likely Cup. Yes. Next year or next week, we're going to see everybody put the pen to the paper and really say who I think is actually going to win the likely cup. And I'm excited to see that. And I'm excited to see, to see who you pick um, and uh, where it all goes. Yeah. It's uh, exciting times in the justice league. Thanks for tuning in. Um, and uh, yeah, we're looking forward to an exciting playoff and gauntlet run. Yeah. Well, keep your stick on your ice, on your ice, keep your stick on the ice and your players in their starting positions. And uh We'll see you next week. Love it.